0: All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast and YouTube stream for Monday, January 23rd. I am Doug Nori, the owner and operator at DFSR.com. You know the deal. We've been around here for years in these streets. This is this is nothing new. One of the longest running DFS and now betting outlets that you have out there, DFSR.com. You go to DFSR.com, you sign up for a seven-day free trial. It's gonna get you uh projections for FanDuel and DraftKings is going to get you um uploaded to our NBA betting page. It's gonna have NFL lineups while we still roll through the playoffs, PGA coming out every single week. You're not gonna find a better deal. Seven days free. DFSR.com. Just $29.95 a month after that. For everything. Look, you're not gonna find a better deal than that. DFSR.com. Go check it out. Link is in the show notes. Appreciate everyone jumping on to the podcast. Um, as we restart this one for the NBA a feed, it's been a fun time. We're going to still be coming at you five days a week with just thoughts around each NBA slate, where to look with FanDuel and DraftKings plays, where to look for bets, maybe some season long ideas as well. So it's all going to be covered here on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube as well. The link for that is in the show notes. Seeing those numbers climb also got a pretty interesting slate of games here coming on Monday. There's seven games on the schedule, and I think the theme for today is going to be really like no defense. That feels already like what we're gearing up for. The way you know we're gearing up for that is that the totals on these games, the implied totals, the over-unders, are as high as you're going to see across the board for a slate of games, and there's a reason for it. We'll get into that in a second. No game as of right now has a total lower than two hundred and thirty two, and most of them are in the 238 and above range, which means we could be looking at some really, really high scores, uh, just a ton of just a ton of just baskets getting scored over the course of this Monday slate because there's just a lot of fast teams that don't play any defense. Um, This is all factored into our projections. So it's not anything that's necessarily new, but I think you're going to end up looking at this slate and and say, how are we leaving off X team? How are we leaving off X player? The total is so high in these games. Like we have to have a piece of that and that's going to make sense. And it's actually going to probably end up feeling a little uncomfortable when you get down to making a final lineup or when you get to down putting in bets on these on these games because it just feels like everything could be a track meet right so you get you get uh boston and orlando 232 boxing uh pistons 232 although milwaukee's a mi- massive minus 11 right there atlanta and chicago 239 M- minnesota and houston 236 and a half we're going to get into that game in depth here in a bit charlotte and utah 237 we'll get into that one with Lamelo. And then you get it to the 10 o'clock, the Spurs and Trailblazers, 240 and a half. That's going to make a lot of sense when you hear some of the stats. And then you get to the, the coup de gras here, the big one, the uh, Grizzlies and Kings at a 244 and a half total right now. You're just not going to see numbers this big across a slate really ever. So just from a high level, it really is pretty interesting and just actually just fun basketball. It should be up and down the court. Should be team. It's going to be teams with really high paces. And that's just going to be the case. The reason for this, the reason these numbers are so high is you can often just look at two pretty easy numbers that break this down pace and defensive efficiency. So when we look at defensive efficiency, we have six of the bottom six teams in defense this season going on this late. San Antonio, easily the worst, then Detroit. I'm going backwards order from worst to not as bad. Uh, Spurs are 30th, then you get the Pistons, then you get the Rockets, then you get the Hornets, then you get the Jazz, and Sacramento are tied. And that's the bottom six when you look at defensive efficiency. When you look at pace, you get pretty much all the fast teams here as well. Now, Indiana and Golden State top uh, the leaders in pace. But then the next teams, Minnesota playing tonight. Spurs, we just mentioned, playing tonight. Perfect DFS matchup. Terrible at defense. Really fast. That's the sweet spot. Sacramento Kings Fifth fastest, Grizzlies. Sixth fastest, Hornets. Seventh fastest, uh, Hawks. Eighth fastest. So like, and then you don't get too far into the, out of the top ten with Utah and Detroit. So, gonna be track meets. Gonna be up and down the court. High totals makes for a really fun fantasy scoring. Can make make things really swing, you know. Especially late when we have these games going late. And just a word about this. Because I've heard this for years is like the oh we got to stack the late game because this is when you come and make up points, folks. It doesn't matter when games start. The the game results are the game results. It, you don't you don't make this isn't a, a track meet where you you know you have your fastest guy. I mean in this case it does kind of matter because the highest total game is last. But it wouldn't matter if it was last or first for our purposes. If it was first we would target it the same way it was last. So don't be the person in the room that says. Oh, we got to wait. We got to make up stuff late. So I got to play guys in the late game so I can come back later. You know, this isn't your local track meet, right? Where they put the fastest guy last. It's not how things work. Okay, let's roll through some of the injury stuff to keep an eye on. There are some sort of high level things that we are going to need to be able to figure out and hopefully be able to figure out leading in. To lineup lock the big one here is the rudy gobert nas reed thing so rudy gobert was went through shoot around on uh i think it was friday he went through shoot around on friday and it really looked like he was going to play and then he gets ruled out uh about 30 minutes maybe an hour under an hour before game time okay no big deal we do want to play nas reed now one problem was that came after initial lineups had locked and it wasn't clear who was going to play but most people were able to jam in Nas uh, into lineups, which is going to make sense at his current price. The problem with him was that he was a complete and utter train wreck. He got in foul trouble early. He ends up only playing 15 minutes in that Timberwolves Rockets game. Goes for five points, three rebounds. Is a complete bust. I was in a weird spot on Friday where I had just assumed I was under the I was hedging that Go- Gobert was going to play. Rolled some uh Hornets guys early, was sort of locked into those guys, couldn't pivot to read, and it ended up winning the day because he stunk so bad. So it was kind of one of those lucky accidents more than anything else. Because obviously, you want to have Nas in at these prices on FanDuel and DraftKings, uh, basically wherever you can get him. He's five, uh, 5.8 on uh, he's 5.8 on FanDuel and Nas is 5.3 on DraftKings. Both very, very easy plays, again, if he's in the starting lineup, running this back on the home-and-home with uh, Minnesota and Houston. So hopefully this time we won't get late injury trolled. We'll know exactly what's happening here when it comes to Rudy Gobert, when it comes to Nas Reed, I will say keep an eye on this. Like If Gobert – I can see the total should probably go down if Gobert plays 236.5. This team is significantly better – and slower with Rudy Gobert on the court. It's like one of these – we talked about this on a previous podcast, but the numbers change so dramatically for Minnesota when it comes to Gobert on and off the court. The team is much worse on defense – excuse me, that's not true – much worse on offense with uh, with Gobert on the court, but much better on defense. So you want to keep an eye on this. We bet the um, over last time when Gobert was ruled out because Minnesota – just absolutely gives it up without him on the court. I would actually start looking at the under if he played because I'm not sure if that's going to adjust enough. Their 119 offensive rating with Gobert off, 110 with him on, so eight points worse with him on the court, but six points better on defense. So take a look at that one. Keep that – get ready to fire that one off if you see Gobert uh, is back on the court. Charlotte has LaMelo Ball, is currently – um questionable with a wrist injury he did sit out last game he actually hurt the wrist the game before if you were watching that one you could see him shaking it off and then he ends up having to leave the game I thought he was going to miss more time than this but he is questionable for this game we'll have to keep an eye on what happens these Hornets guys across the board were pretty good plays last time out when they faced the Hawks without LaMelo Uh, Terry Rozier ran 39 minutes took a uh, crazy twenty-five shots, scored thirty-four points. He's definitely a play again if Lamelo is out. The matchup against Utah is not as good as what he got against the Hawks in terms of pace, but this is still a very, very good matchup for Charlotte. If rogier is going to run tons of minutes without Lamelo, I think you you can fire him in there very easily, really without hesitation. Eight thousand on DraftKings um, and eighty-one hundred on FanDuel. That price is not adjusted. Enough to have a LaMelo out of the lineup. These other guys too. We, we got sort of like a peak game from Mason Plumlee, 25 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, PJ Washington ran 37 minutes, 23 points, uh, six rebounds, five assists. I think these guys are all in play. Hayward was a guy, that I liked, but the minutes weren't totally there against the Hawks as he came back from injury. I do think you see those 25 maybe creep up to 30 here. That dude's an injury risk waiting to happen, though. So uh, keep an eye on that situation. This is two hours after lineups lock also. We might not have the information we need just because their game starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. The slate starts at 7. This is always puts you in tricky spots. I would there's a chance you can kind of wait and fade the two early games and just wait to see what happens. Uh, It's going to be a it's going to be a weird spot, though we are going to be waiting on other injury news on this uh, slate. So it might just pay to end up waiting to see what happens. One thing that is happening in the early game uh, or one of the early games between Boston and uh, Orlando Is that well, one Jonathan Isaac's back, it's not going to really matter for our DFS purposes because two year break that dude's minutes aren't going to be all that high. But nice to see Jonathan Isaac coming back into the mix. Celtics are going to be without Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart. This is probably makes a difference in terms of like a guy like Derek White will almost definitely see more minutes here. You know, when you share the court with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, it's like. Pretty difficult to have really high usage in that situation. So, even at 33 minutes, 34 minutes for Derek White, it's still probably pushing up against the edges of value. Um, but it is worth it to note that having those two guards out of the mix, probably we see White at least get into those mid 30 range in terms of minutes. Like Peyton Pritchard fills in some of it, they can run Tate and Brown, sort of like leading the offense lineups, so they don't need to go traditional point guard. In that way, but it's worth noting that those two guys are going to be out because I do think you probably get enough Derek White minutes. Fifty-five hundred on Fanduel, okay, I can think about it. Although I probably want to keep my powder dry for later on, uh, later on in the slate with injury news. Uh, But that is, it's worth noting that those guys are going to be out because that is a lot of minutes. It's a lot of minutes out of the backcourt more uh more than anything else with those guys uh so it's something to keep an eye on there just rolling through some of the other injury stuff to keep an eye on Giannis is going to be back for the Bucs tonight but they're, they're going to have middle Chris Middleton in there as well looks like finally or once again getting a full strength Bucks team into the mix against Detroit with Middleton back I know Middleton was terrible when he played earlier in the season and then went back out with injury this does because of the way the Bucks have operated here over the last couple of weeks, Giannis missed some time. Um, that raised the prices on basically everybody else in the lineup, with Giannis's price staying high. When that happens, when you get short-term context around, or short-term injury stuff around the prices, when everyone gets healthy, it's not really where you want to be in terms of pricing. So, just to keep an eye on that situation, I I think like there's a world where some of these Buck guys. Could pro- are probably underown and have high ceilings. Specifically, Giannis minus eleven favorites against Detroit. There's definite blowout risk there. So, just I don't know. It's probably not a situation I want to target. But on this slate like this, I actually don't think they're going to have a uh, a ton of uh, ownership. So, I think you can feel pretty comfortable about at least that part of it if you're looking for separation. Couple other pieces here. The waiting on Jabari Smith news coming back for the Rockets. Tari Eason did get the start. I thought it would be uh Jay Sean Tate, but it ended up being Eason, who runs 27 minutes last game. He is definitely still play if Jabari, if Jabari Smith is out. 3.8K for Eason on DraftKings. Hopefully we have the news. That's an eight o'clock start Eastern against Minnesota. I would love to play Eason again. These. Forward positions can sometimes get really weird on both sides, and getting guys in the lower tier like Atari Eason, who could play, you know, high 20s minutes with enough shots to make it realistic. Um, I would like to be in that situation, but, and like I said, if, especially if Rudy Gobert's out of this game, if this game stays at a super fast pace, like there are ways for these guys to just get there just on the minutes volume. So hopefully, we'll have the Jabari Smith news prior to lock. I'm just not 100% sure we're going to. If he is out, though, Tari Eason makes for a, a really, really strong play. Final things to sort of just think about uh, on this slate. We mentioned the Charlotte game against Utah. This, The Atlanta-Chicago game has the well, third highest total at 239. Everyone's healthy for both these teams. I mentioned why that's sort of weird sometimes, a la the Bucks. You're going to get better value on situations like Minnesota if Rudy Gobert is out, right? You're going to get just a faster pace. You're going to get Anthony Edwards playing tons of minutes. You're going to get Nas Reed. Like those are the situations you want to be. Charlotte, if Lomelo's not there, we know we're buying guys at value. I mentioned Rozier. I didn't even mention Jalen McDaniels and and P.J. Washington as, as plays also. With Atlanta and Chicago, because both teams are relatively healthy and not waiting on any injury news, even though the game has a really high total, It's like a little bit weird to see where the value could be. Maybe you talk yourself into a DeMar DeRozan play at 8,000 on FanDuel. I could see it. The minutes should be in the high 30s. We've seen him maintain a really high floor. Atlanta is a good matchup to face off guys against. So all the context lines up. Like I said, Atlanta is eighth in pace this season. I believe they're a bottom 10 defense. Let me just look. Uh, No. Well, what did I lose Atlanta here? Oh, this is not good. 17th uh, overall on defense. So still a good matchup. Not amazing. But the total is going to mean. So you probably think about getting guys into the mix. I could see DeMar at at, at 8,000. Like I said, it's not a lock and load play for me. But I don't feel. I wouldn't feel terrible about it. Just because I think this game should be really, really up and down the court. And then this, it's kind of the same thing with Memphis and, and Sacramento. 244 and a half is a massive number. You would want to think about getting plays in at this number because it's just you know 10 15 percent higher than the next highest game on the slate but it's weird because both these teams are healthy both teams have shown that they will run their guys big minutes but at, at times but the prices are basically lined up for that circumstance so guys like Ja, guys like bain Jaron Jackson Jr. is a funny one because he can kind of come and go on the minutes when the minutes are really there, like in the 30s. The dude has extreme upside with all of the defensive stuff. I mean, this guy's defensive numbers are stupid. Three blocks last game, that's like an off game for him in 22 minutes. Game before, four blocks and a steal. Game before that, four blocks, two steals. Game before that, six blocks, two steals. I mean, this dude is unreal. If you can squeeze the salary on Fanduel because the defensive stats count for more, go for it. But he just has these twenty-minute high twenty-minute games on his resume, just too much foul trouble minutes minutes management. So it's and and the price you're not exactly getting away with anything on his price. Like he's over eight thousand, so it's an interesting one to be with J uh, Triple J, but I don't know. It's like also you definitely could be staring down a game, a P game from him against a Kings team that plays super fast and the defense isn't great. And then on the other side, the Kings have some bonus back. Fox is obviously in the mix like herders back. Now this team's fully healthy. I still think you can probably talk yourself into it. Memphis is a good defensive team this season. They play super fast, but the defense ranks overall number one in defensive efficiency. So like, while you get a good pace game, you're not exactly getting away with anything against them defensively. So they play fast, but high defensive efficiency doesn't make for the perfect DFS matchup. We want it to be a mix of both things usually, but you know, it's really, really hard to argue with this total. So ton going on here on a packed, well, not back seven game Monday slate. We are going to be over in the DFSR chat room. You got to sign up for the free trial though. That's uh, dfsr.com. You go to the membership, you sign up for a free trial. You try it for free. No commitment. You don't want to do it. Don't do it. But go over there, sign up, jump into the chat, ask people who've been there for years and years with us what it's like to be with the service. You're going to stick around. That's This is just what happens. There's a reason we've been in the business for a really long time. Uh, members only chat room. You ask everyone's going to get their questions answered. You're going to have up to the second projections from a group like led by me our boy Chris Dorell that has been doing this for years and just understand this stuff in and out. So sign up for DFSR.com free trial, seven days at 29 95 a month after that subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Help us out there. That's totally free. You don't have to do anything else except for hit that little subscribe button. Come and join us over at DFSR.com and we'll be back tomorrow. Talking more NBA action.